2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 60 ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 60helmets.com for more info. Yeah, it's not. Rolling. Rolling. Okay. Uh, you guys ready? Yep. Do you want to start 250 or 450? 250. 250, yeah. Save the big boys okay. for last. Okay. All right, whenever you boys are ready. Ready. All right. We good? Don't move anything. <laughs> Don't drop it, damn it. Don't drop that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, hey, everybody. Uh, are we recording? Yeah, yes. we're recording. Yeah. All right. One, two, three. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the 60 Helmets Kickstart Podcast on Swap Moto Live. This is Michael Antonovich, joined by Chase Curtis and Dominic Gayton. This week, we're going to recap the 2020 Glendale Supercross in Arizona. This was the first Triple Crown round of the 2020 Monster Energy Supercross season. And as one would expect, it was a hectic night of racing at State Farm Stadium. Boys, we watched every lap of action. What were your big takeaways from the weekend? Oh man, dude. Hey, let's let's start with that. Let's let's discuss the triple crown format itself. Okay. Like like I think from a spectator's view, it's kind of rad because those gates drop and it's on, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's on. It's game time, right? But I think from the internal traveling circus of the of the mechanics and the teams and the riders, it's a hectic yeah, day. Yeah, it's got to be crazy. It's not a good time. A um, lot of stress. The guys, especially for starting and stuff like that, like racers do not like doing starts as it is. Uh-huh. So then you do three of them plus two practice starts. It's a big day. Unless uh, unless you're the poor 450 class that had two red flags too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then you double it up. And then mechanics, I mean, this is the only races that they're allowed to tech two bikes because that time frame to get anything done, right. it's gone. So they get to build two bikes. Some guys are a little bit more fortunate than others, mm-hmm. and that's a big cost. Uh, but guys have been pretty smart about it. A lot of dudes are like, yeah, this will be the bike. If they don't race it, they'll just use it when it's time to time out a frame or an engine in a few weeks. Yeah, nice, even, nice. even I mean, Anton, on, on Saturday after the race, when we were back in the pits and, and you were getting How Would You Read Some Other Things content, I, I I was talking to people and I noticed like man all the rigs they were barely tearing down their awnings and because they just have no time to get that done earlier. Oh really? Yeah, no. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so the teams I mean they didn't pull out of there till late Saturday night by the time they got everything loaded up. Yeah. Jeez. Um, the other thing though too we've had a lot of good triple crowns. This was the first time that we've ever seen two riders really be dominant. Yeah. That was not very high on excitement. Yeah. As far as lead changes go. Yeah, and I think we talked about when a lot of people did uh, that track there in in Glendale, the, that stadium, how big it is, and the way the track's kind of long. It really, it really, uh, uh, it's not that the racing wasn't that tight. They all, even all the just like once they started going, they all just kind of gapped out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was I'm, cool to watch. Like Dahmer, you and I watched practice, and it was. It was rad to watch dudes just doing single flying laps because it was some big jump combinations and things they were doing. Yeah, it was you a know that far track. lane after the sand. Yeah, far lane after the sand was some big combinations. That quad into the corner was huge. Like there was some big stuff out there, but race wise, 
really didn't seem like there was anything that separated dudes. No, no and the, the we know the whoops were long there. They weren't that big, but it yeah, it's like I said, there wasn't really not much that separated people. Like there was that quad, like we even saw on press day. I don't think I saw anybody do it on press day. And then I think the first qualifying or first open practice on Saturday, uh, Cicerello was leading it. And I was like, man, how is he just, he's, he, was, he led it the whole time. I'm like, man, what's he doing different? And then I saw him uncork that quad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, there it is. Like, yeah. I can't believe it. And then that's when Bogle, mm-hmm. poor Bogle, he, that poor guy had a rough weekend. He, he was the next one I saw try to do it and he cased it. And like I said, now they've been putting those that netting that yeah, that, that yeah. netting they have, and good thing they have. I think we've seen that netting come into play a quite, a, times, quite yeah. a bit already. And poor Bogle just mm-hmm. you know cased it, rode the nose wheelie, couldn't get the brakes, and literally just flew off the burn oh. and literally Spider Man into the netting there, was just stuck up in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching the race right now, dude. It's you can see one shiny line all the way around the track. Yeah. There was no yeah, yeah, difference sure. of anything. And like that just shows like there's no passing places or any big differences in lines and stuff like that. It was a lot like the Southern California practice tracks are where there's just one goat trail all the way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually thought on press day when we were there, I, 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 those turns that were right in front of the starting line, you know, they were these big, bold. The big 180s. I, dude, I thought for sure. I'm like, oh, this is, this is just going to be yeah. takeout central. For right sure, now, yeah. You know? We're going to see some major block passing go on there. I didn't really see many at all. I think the sand the sand I turn think, had the most like passes made out of any section. Yeah, it was you interesting. Had the two lines, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think too, like on those those tight turns that were right there by the starting area, guys really just stuck to one line. So you weren't gonna try to do somebody too dirty in a spot that was that fast. Right. You know. Um, but yeah, I think overall like not a lot of guys really liked that track, though. It was almost too fast for them to be too racy. Like Justin Hill said, it was like a motocross track in some parts where you're just flat out. And gotcha. that start was like a 114-yard start into a pretty good first turn. I can't, and believe, with the exception of, I can't believe how well that worked out with a long of a start and only seeing like a couple guys go down. Yeah, no, like, yeah, but when they went down, like uh-huh. full speed, it was always making that left at the end. They kind of right. fell. But Poor was, Bogle, but man. Yeah, I was worried that we were going to see someone crash like full tilt on that thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I think Adam's line choice going into that first turn just straight. I mean, a mistake and everything like that, and poor Justin to just take a digger right to the face. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be out a bit. It sounds like. Ugh. Yeah, we we there was we lost quite a few uh, participants Saturday night moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be some. There's going to be some guys on the sidelines right now because. Uh, Benny Bloss has a concussion. Bogle has a concussion. Those two guys are out. Chris Bloss has a list of injuries, broken arm. I think I saw a fractured hip and some internal damage. Those are three 450 guys that are out, and And we've been pretty healthy. Christian out, Hunter Lawrence out. Geico Honda has nobody right now. I mean, there could be a replacement guy, and we'll get into that. But, yeah, this – after such a healthy start to the season, we're starting to see the Supercross like meat grinder pick away at dudes. Right? Is Zacho good? Because I did see at the end of the tele- television yeah. broadcast, he was going into the. Um... Uh, Zach just slammed the mat okay. all day. Yeah, all day. So I think he was just like, "Let's get out of here and mm-hmm. get one checked up and make sure everything's good, but no lasting damage." All right, that's good. So yeah, let's get into race talk. Uh, so much to do. You know, three races in each class. So let's start with the 250 class. Austin Forkner, dominant ride. Yeah. Uh, 
which I'll be honest, is a surprise for Austin. You know, he's not the model of consistency mm-hmm. in a single night, but to go one one three was huge. Uh, especially in that last race, he knew he had the overall locked up, and he just did what he needed to do and right. let let Justin Cooper slide off with the win. Yeah, you knew he was be fast. He had his typical crash in practice earlier that day, so he got that out of the way. So you know, if he doesn't crash in practice or something, you know it's not going to be good. He's got it's like that's part of his routine now. Right. And then mm-hmm. Anton, did you see Christian's crash? No, I don't. I haven't heard anything about it. Okay. Um, and then from like what the TV said, you know, he hit his face, and I talked to Paige, his wife, and she said, yeah, he did hit his face, and that is an issue. But he has a broken bone in his hand, and that's the bigger problem. Oh, so he's okay. sidelined for two weeks for sure. Okay. Um, hey, the thing on Forkner uh, and how was your weekend, I asked him. I was like, hey, you know, you're 22 points down coming into this weekend. You're in a better spot now, which is good. But you pretty much have to be flawless from here on out. Right. And that's not been something that he's done historically. Um, do you find the fine line of how fast can you go? Uh, without making mistakes or do you just pin it and try to hope for the best and he's like well it's a complex answer because you have to go fast but you don't want to make mistakes and he kind of answered the question but not really and he understood what i meant like there is a fine line and i think he's just going to take every weekend one-on-one and just see what happens there is no like big game plan it's just get points every chance he can man yeah you know and that that's the thing he he wasn't the fastest guy saturday i mean obviously right. ferrandis was the fastest but Going back to that track, I mean, he got the starts. He put himself in the right place. Ferrandez had to come through the pack. And that was the thing with the triple count. Like, even that first moto, that first main, Ferrandez was coming. He came in a second, and we were all like, okay, here we go. It's We're going to see a battle with Ferrandez and, and Forkner. And then I look up, and I'm like, oh, there's a minute and 30 seconds left. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not so gonna quick. Yeah. He's, not gonna, he's not gonna close the gap, you know? Yeah. The, the thing on Ferrandez, and he'll tell you straight up, they have to figure these starts out. Like, and he knows what the problem is. They have an idea of what to do. He just didn't do it the right way this time. But in a 10-minute race against this competition, you can't give anybody an inch. You can't come on at the five-minute mark and think something's going to happen and, and make a bunch of passes because right. a guy like Austin Forkner is going to take off. Right. And that's been Ferrandez's problem for a while now. Like, they just really can't get into the first turn in the lead group. And it makes a problem for himself. Do you think he was being more timid this weekend with the passing just because of the probation? Uh, probably, but like he and I talked a little bit and he said, you know, I don't really care about the social media thing. I don't really care what the fans and all that do. It's not going to impact my life one way or another, Mm -hmm. but I can definitely expect him to ride a little different, you know, not run it in on dudes as hard as he usually does. Uh, but I think, honestly, if Dylan doesn't, like, bang bars with everybody and just passes dudes straight up, that's a bigger mental tactic for him of, like, yeah, yeah look, I can pass you without even going within an inch of you. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, good on him. Second place in points. 2-2-2 two, two, two was consistent. He just has to get starts figured out. And if he's going to close this points gap up with Justin Cooper, it's only three points, but a win would be key pretty soon. Right. Yeah, the points have definitely. I mean, Forkner's now ten points out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely. I mean, poor Justin Cooper had you know those first two ma- mains where had all kinds of problems. Yeah, even his know? even his practice crash. Yeah, like oh, oh his practice crash in the sand. Yeah, like, we thought he was done. I he did. Was down, yeah, he was down for a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And got up, rode without a visor. You know, still put in a a good practice lap and was at the top of the board. <laughs> but when he hit the deck, I was like, hey. 
this is it. Like this is his first big ding of the championship. And if right. he doesn't score points today, it's over. Like everybody's had their mulligan and this could be his mulligan. He can't let anything worse than a ninth come on from here on out because everybody's too close now. Yep. Uh, Michael Mosman was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been a shaky start to the year for the Rockstar Husky rider. I think things have been really well, and he's shown signs of speed and everything, but little mistakes here and there, like having to do the LCQ at Anaheim too, was unfortunate. But a Saturday night, he was solid, and he did exactly what he needed to do. Four four six was consistent while everybody else had issues. Yeah, no, he, he, he it was one of his better races. He looked more comfortable up there with the top guys. Same with... Uh, I have to hand it to even uh, Derek Drake. Yeah, led some, led some laps. Yeah, that's good for him. He 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 didn't look. I mm-hmm. was you know you see a guy like him get out front. You think, oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna ride over his head and throw it away and read himself. But no, he looked strong. He looked solid. Even when he got past, I think Ferranis got him. And I'm like, uh oh, just you know, just just follow him. Don't mm-hmm. don't do anything dumb. And he did. He was there because that's usually when a guy like that you know, gets all excited and then just cartwheels himself. Right. But no, he, he hung in there and, and did good. He looked, he looked good. Hart, and of course, Hart Rath, mm-hmm. his teammate, he was there solid the whole time. Dude, you could tell Hart Rath was bummed to miss out on the podium. After you get two, he just thinks like, it's time to be there every weekend. That's right. good. That's what he, yeah. needs. he needs to think that way, that he belongs there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of talk in these last few weeks because, you know, I did a quick little interview with him on Friday that'll go up later on the site this week just discussing this like surge of results. This is big for heart raft, dude. I don't think anybody ever expected the kid from, you know, New Jersey to be as good as he is, but this is a big sign of improvement. He's the team leader at Troy Lee designs, Red Bull KTM, you know, under the Alden Baker, uh, Seth Rarick training camp, like everything is in his favor right now to make a big push. Right. Yeah. It'll be exciting to see what he does the rest of the year and even going into outdoors now. So I'm stoked for him. Yeah, and then, I mean, obviously, Christian had his thing. I mean, Christian's, that first main, he got a good start. I was like, oh, here we go. And then Forkner just kind of gave him a little elbow grease. (laughs) I mean, he had nowhere to go. He had to go go off the track, you know. And then, uh, obviously, his nights went downhill even farther from then on, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, the big thing on Heart Raft right now, like, Chase, what you said, outdoors, he feels like that's where he's going to be better. Right, yeah. And that that – you know, there's two races left to go for the 250 West Coast guys, and even though it feels like the season just started, you know, we'll only be seven races in, they're going to have all this time right now to get ready to test for outdoors, and that's mm-hmm. going to be key for him. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm um, excited for that. Hey, fifth place, Jacob Hayes. Uh, oh, Hayes was dude. fast all day. Yeah. Uh, Guys, uh, Dahmer, what'd you think about seeing Hayes all day? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the arena cross guy coming in and, and he's been slowly getting better and better and better. And yeah, I mean, a race like that, as we know, as you saw, you have to be consistent. He was. He he was consistent all three main events. Yeah, where's he up in points now? Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, he's still been the highest Husky rider all year. He still has a little bit of a, of a gap. Uh, he is in... I think I seventh wanna... place. Oh, so him nice. and him and Mosman are tied now. Oh, okay. Wow. wow. Yeah, good yeah. for him. And the big thing too for Jacob, I don't think a lot of people know. Uh he was originally on like on pace to do that uh, the full Australian Supercross series late last year, got a shoulder injury and had to come home early. Hasn't had a lot of time on the bike. So, you know, this little bit of a preseason that he had was mostly spent recovering 
to see him doing that well on an all new brand of bike, you know, the Husqvarna with uh, Gas Monkey, AJE Motorsports, that's big. That shows that there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. 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 And then also, I think another guy that rode consistent was Mitchell Oldenburg. He, he, yeah. he came out, you know, rode consistent. Him, you know, his teammate Clout was in there too. He got a little problems, but Mitchell's, Mitchell seems to definitely be improving race after race after race. How is uh how is our boy think, Amar uh, doing? Uh, I think just pissed. Yeah, like he, I nobody knew about this. Like I didn't know about it until late in the night. Uh, Alex had a practice crash last week. Had a hematoma on his thigh. Had Ooh. to spend the night in the hospital because the swelling was so big. So the fact that he was out there is a pretty big testament to you know how strong Alex is. Right, he's taken some slams over the years, and he gets up and he's kind of no worse for wear. So. It was a big question mark for this weekend as to how it would go, uh, having such a an issue. Uh, but he did okay. A lot of people I've seen a lot of people grow up like griping online about the Suzuki not having you know what he expected. But there are so many factors that we don't hear about until it's you know race day or after the race is even over. No matter mm-hmm. how much you, like you prod and ask these guys, uh, he said suspension setup they're a little off on right now, even though they were so much better last year. So right now they're spending some time trying to figure that out should be better with a little bit more time to rest and recover his leg and then go on from there. Um, it's just his... a bummer because so many people expected Alex to be a podium guy and he's been yeah. close this year and he's missed out. Yeah. His face, I saw something in his face looked pretty banged up too. So that had mm-hmm. to have been from the practice crash too. He then. really, he really struggled in the whoops on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he looked like he'd come in and just, it would just, I think all those 250 guys struggled because the, the whoops were so long. So long, yeah. So long. And, you know, and they come in with speed, and then toward the end, they just start losing that, that momentum bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 14 of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, too, like, just on the Alex point, the whoops, I mean, he's not a big guy. You know, Ricky always struggled in the whoops being a shorter guy, too. And when you have that many and you have a leg issue and you got to grip with your legs and stuff, yeah. I mean, dude, good luck. Like, good luck trying to hang on and, like, ride that thing all the way to the end of the end of the whoop pad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on the Mitchell Oldenburg front, this Pinride Honda team has been great this year. Uh, you know, I'm pretty close with those guys after going down to Australia this past year and stuff like that. And I'm impressed by everything that Yareev and Nate and Aaron Cloud have done over there to get everything ready. Jamie Ellis at Twisted Development. It's been good. You know, I don't think anybody would have pegged them as the highest-ranking Honda team at this point in the year, especially with Jet and Christian on Geico Honda. Uh, and so I'm seeing a lot of good things from them, and I know that Yareev is pumped. But now that Geico Honda is without a guy, you have to wonder, does the big brass at Honda make some calls and say, hey, can we – poach those two guys or one of those guys for just a little bit so we can keep some red bikes on the track. Yeah, I was going to wonder. I was going to ask you about that, actually. Uh, on Racer X, uh, they said that it sounds like the team might not go, Geico Honda might not go to Oakland at all. Wow. But then again, I've heard that they've already started talking to Mitchell about maybe filling in. Uh, okay. I would be surprised by that. We'll find out maybe later today or tomorrow as to what, what could happen. Hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, that we, I mean, I mean, you look at the big picture. Yeah, that's that's awesome for Mitchell to go there. But at the same time, it's like the Penray guys have been good, and their their program solid. You know, yeah. keep them in there. You know, let it let mm-hmm. them do it. Maybe, maybe help them with some other parts that maybe he's not able to get that Geico Honda can get. You know, mm-hmm. and and do something a collab, if you will. Maybe I don't know, but 
I don't know. We'll we'll see what what comes with that. Yeah, I'd almost see. I'm almost almost be bummed to see Mitchell to them or for them to lose Mitchell at this point. I would too. And like the thing on that, it's not a long term fill and ride. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's two races, maybe it could be more, but probably not. You know who knows? And the team because has Geico six Honda, guys or something, right? Yeah, they're yeah. so stacked as it is. They have guys waiting in the amateur class with Carson Mumford for the summer. Right. So it's not like Mitchell's like going to get a full-time deal. He mm-hmm. already has his contract with Penwright to go till the end of this Supercross season and then go back to Australia for you know later in the year. And then there's so much other stuff that goes along with it, you know, gear contracts, things like that. Yeah. I would kind of tend towards Mitchell staying there if it was my guess, but we'll see later on. Chase, on a side note, Anton's main connection with Penrite Honda, uh-huh. he is the official team barista. Oh, As really? I, yes, I didn't know this. Yeah, he, he, mm-hmm. he, he is, no one slings more double cappuccinos out of that rig than Anton does. <laughs> no. Twan Bucks coming Twan, to a race Twan near Bucks you. Twan Bucks is live and well in the Penrite Honda. <laughs> so anyone out there, you're looking for a double shot of espresso on a Saturday, Anton's there slinging it up. Make sure you tip your barista, though, all you kids out there. Do they have a nice mm-hmm. nice machine in there, Anton, or what? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. yes. I know that team's got, like, I think the craziest rig you can get back in Australia. It's yeah, like, it's one of the gnarlier ones. Yeah, so yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, um, and if you know anything about Australia, especially Melbourne, where the team's based out of, like, coffee's big down there, so I'm just okay. trying to, like, rep the culture for them. <laughs> That's where Anton will retire someday in the land of coffee. Um, Okay, talking about that team, Luke Cloud's been good. Uh, Maybe better than some people expected. I think that there's been some doubts of like how well he's done, considering he's ninth in the championship. But you know, three top ten finishes after a rough start at Anaheim. One, this is big for a bigger dude. You know, he really rides that 250 well. Yeah, I was surprised about that actually, because I mean, just watching him the last couple races he did on that Yamaha, I was like, oh, how's this guy going to do in a small 250 when I saw the news? But, yeah, he's he's definitely uh, revs that thing out and makes it work, so that's cool. Dahmer and I were talking about it on Saturday when we watched the last practice session. Uh, there was a 3-2 and then the big triple out of a hairpin turn. Right. And all the 450 guys could make it pretty well, and the good 250 guys could make it. Uh-huh. To see Penrite Honda and Luke, who's a big dude, making it without effort really every <laughs> lap, that that shows how good he is and how good that bike is. Yeah. Dude, and, and you know what's funny? You brought that up because I, if you, I don't know if you know it, by the main event, I think it was even the first, it wasn't until like the first main event for Randis. Those two, for Randis, Christian, uh, Forkner, Cooper Webb, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Justin Cooper, those guys started quadding that quad into that corner. Yeah, yeah I saw sport. that. Yeah. And, dude, I'm telling you, we, we're, I mean, like I said, we saw 450 guys not doing it clean yeah. in those practices during the day. So we're, I was, it was one of those where I'm like, okay, I know 250s are going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And then those guys started doing it. And then, like I said, they would still quad into that corner, rail that corner, and a lot of them were still tripling out of that <sighs> thing. That's crazy. I mean, it was big. I mean, we got down low and saw it. And, I mean, it was there was no room for error on that thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think had the track been a little softer, you're not going to see that happen. But the fact yeah. that like it didn't break down so much and it was just like you're, you know, you could just gas it, and you know that there was going to be some traction there, and it wasn't going to like rob the power of the bike. It was mostly yeah. wheel spin you had to worry about. Yeah, no, it was good. Like I said, just those guys, those those top guys in the 250s doing that in the main events was gnarly. It was so gnarly. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, back to Justin Cooper because as we just kind of worked down the the results sheet here. Yeah. I kind of thought that his main event, like his race one crash, I was like, dude, if he hit his head earlier and then he stacks it up now, he's got some lingering kind of like fog from early in the morning. Right. Because the big thing that these guys do, like if you go down too hard and you kind of want to not be benched for the night, you get up real fast and act like nothing happened. And I was like, well, is that the case? Mm Because he got to his feet as quick as he could and kind of stood there and took a minute. And I was like, eh, he might just be struggling through here today. So for him to rally together at the end of it and then win that last race was a big testament of, like, that kid's determination. Yeah. Yeah, did he just knock the wind out of him pretty hard in that practice crash? Because I thought it something. was bad because I, I thought it was an arm or something because he was just sitting there for probably, like, a minute. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it was something, dude. Yeah, no, it was it snapped the visor in half on the helmet. Yeah, yeah. Who speak of, Who was the? Who was that on the Cowie uh, that crashed in that rhythm section? That bike went flying. Uh, the privateer guy, um, Cartwright. Yes. When was this? Oh my gosh! During the day in the practice qualifying. He, oh no! You could see it. I think even the Supercross Live posted it. He he, yeah. long one took. I mean. Somebody even commented, like, dude, he could have literally pulled a backflip. Like, <laughs> he was just up in the air, let go of the bike. But luckily, he, he his body kind of downsided the backside of one of those tables in that rhythm. And he got, you know, he got, and I think he was, he was okay. But the bike just went calm. We were on the, we were sitting on the other side of the stadium and we saw it happening. And then the bike just launched and went flying. I mean, it looked horrific. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But he was okay. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I destroyed was... that rear wheel. Oh. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Yeah. No, after yeah. seeing Justin go down though, and have the issues he did in the first two mains, I was, I I didn't even know, I didn't expect him to be up there, on the third main at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just almost like Osborne's deal where he just kept hitting the ground every time he was out there. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, huge props to him for getting up there. Yeah, these these next these next few final rounds of the West Coast between Forkner, Cooper, Ferrandis. I mean that's. That's those are basically the three guys I yeah. think that are in contention for this now. It is going to be it's going to come down to who's just not going to make those dumb mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, looking at the points right now, it's Justin Cooper at eighty six, Dylan Ferrandez at eighty three, Brandon Hartraft at seventy seven, Austin Forkner at seventy six, and then Alex Martin's in fifth at sixty six. So really, it is between those four guys, and I think Hartraft could make that interesting. Yeah, you know, if he keeps plugging away at podiums. He's going to rob a couple, you know, two, three points here and there from guys that really need them. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And, and that'll keep him in the hunt. Yeah. 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 Um, big shout out right now, considering this is the 60 Helmets podcast, to Michael Lieb. Uh, Michael's had a rough go these first few. Uh, got sick after Anaheim 1, sat out St. Louis and Anaheim 2. But because he owns, you know, Canvas MX and it has his own deal – He's worked out some special one-off races with big sponsors, and this weekend was his first big uh, client with 60 helmets. So big 60 helmets graphics on, on the bike, special oh, nice. helmet, and then some gear. So Michael printed some 60 helmet-specific gear that's going to be available through their site. So oh, if you want to cool. look like Michael Lieb, hit him up. Yeah, his whole that whole 6D helmet collab they did with him was, was pretty sick. It was cool to see that, that happen, you know. Good for good for Lee, good for 6D, trying to change it up, doing something different. Correction, Lee braced Dan- or St. Louis. He sat out Anaheim too. My bad. Mm, okay. But yeah, um, 
250 class stuff, you know, I think that Don and I, we talked about this last week, Chase, same with you. I think we've kind of seen the three guys that are going to run the show uh, from here on out. There's still a lot of racing left. You know, these guys have quite a few to do. Um, but I, like you said, I think we've seen three or four guys that are going to be there week in and week out. Yeah, I agree. Would you agree, Dahmer? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, obviously, Justin Cooper getting that last main, that showed he, he's not done. Crashes, the mm-hmm. bad thing. He's, he's fighting to the end. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. And then I don't think we've seen the final fireworks with Ferranis. I mean, that guy's intensity. He's, I mean, he's there to come and win. That's bottom line. That guy is going to do whatever he can to win. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, guys, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the 450 class, just some other rummaging around in the pits, other things we know. So set, set back. Stay tuned. We'll talk to you in a minute. Out here on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world, period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey, it's Gohan, team manager of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Works Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in motocross for over 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device to their original axle blocks. Works Connection parts are designed and produced in California, and we are proud to use them on our factory race bikes in Supercross and Motocross. Check them out at worksconnection.com. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, Being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, Setting through the commercials, this is the 60 Helmets Kickstart Podcast on the Glendale Supercross. Now that we have the 250 guys out of the way, let's move on to the 450s. Uh, Ken Roxon, big sweep, 1-1-1 all the way through. Yeah. What did you think about that? My goodness, that guy looked fast. Holy cow. I uh, forget which race it was where he went around the outside in the sand around Tomac. But that I was just like, oh, my goodness, this guy's on it. Yeah, dude, you know, I there at the stadium watching it, you know, there's a lot happening. It's hard to But on a, when I went back and watched the TV coverage and really saw what he was doing, that that first main, I mean, he put him – he didn't get the whole shot. He was kind of like third, fourth. Mm-hmm. But he made such quick work and just made the right, you know, decisions off the beginning of the start and got to the lead. And then, you know, Tomac got him. At one point, Tomac actually pulled up next to him 
right before the finish line. Like was I'm like, oh, Tomac's gonna get him. Yeah. But but and kind of going back to the track being the way it was, it's like Kenny just put his head down, hit all his marks, didn't make any mistakes. Tomac was really trying to push. He had made a couple little mistakes here and there. But like I said, it's such a short, the main events for the triple crown are so short that he just really couldn't get it together to charge another charge. And it was over. Tomac just, I mean, I'm sorry, Roxon just was solid. Just solid. Mm-hmm. Um, only guy, every race, fastest lap times each time, yeah. which was big. And like you said, Chase, like to pass Eli Tomac around the outside of the sand the is sa- like, yeah. oh my God. Right. Uh I rewatched a little bit last night. I'm rewatching the race right now. Ken's consistency through these first few. Uh, yeah, you know, he is in the championship lead and stuff like that. He was at this point or pretty similar to this last year, even without a win. Uh, kind of starting to think title now. I, I yeah. didn't think that would be the case uh, preseason. I really had a lot of doubts about Ken's health after last year, last summer in San Diego and all those things yeah. and how coy he was playing it. But Whatever they're doing right now, uh, I could see him stringing together a good, good run of results and, and taking this one from everybody and being a big surprise. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I didn't expect it, but I'm on the Kenny train for sure right now. Mm-hmm. I, what I, do you think? I personally think that you're crowning him a little too soon. We're, we're, only, at, we're only at round four, okay? And, well, and, I mean, we've seen stuff go sideways like that. So, so did he ride good? Yeah, I, I don't – I mean – I, th- I think we're going to see Tomac have some wins still. Jason Anderson's coming on strong. I think we, he might pull something off. Um, I mean, AC had a little bad thing, but we've seen him be the fastest guy of the days. And, and I don't know. It's it, there's still a long there's still a long way to go. Right. Oh no, no. Not saying like race is over. Give Kenny the title. But I'll be honest. I really didn't think that Ken was going to be a title contender. There were mm-hmm. so many doubts about what was wrong. You know what I mean? Like. The bike setup thing at Anaheim 1 was a huge debacle uh, to, to miss set up that bad. And understandably so. You know, he straight up said, I, I don't want the bike to spring me forward again like it did it in 2017. But then at the same time, too, like, let's be honest. Like, Ken hasn't always been the model of consistency. You know, when, when we were trying to think when he was going to win a bunch of races in these last few years, I was like, dude, if he wins a triple crown, all three of them, that's going to show a big sign of maturity that this guy's figured out how to do it. Because yeah. at RCH back in the day when he was in title hunts, he would just crash his brains out. Think yeah. about, like, smashing at Oakland, casing that triple, running into the wall and practice in Atlanta that one year. Like, yeah. Yeah. he's figured out, hey, back it down a little bit. You'll go way, way further on. And I think that's the thing. He's able to ride at 90% and then even like Dahmer was saying when Tomac got like I think within half a second of him and even mm-hmm. pushed for the pass and then Tomac just clicked it back up to 100% real quick and pulled a little gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Roxon's able to Roxon's able to just knock off solid laps after lap after lap and minimize his mistakes and you you watch around the race and the other guys it, it's it's hard to do. It's hard to put in consistent laps without making the mistakes and he he seems to be the best doing it right now. Yeah. Uh, they made a mention on the television broadcast and then some other stuff that I've heard these last few seasons. Uh, Kenny's on show with suspension. In yep. the past, when Cole Seeley was on the team, he would be on KYB stuff. But now just, that Justin Brayton's on the team, Brayton's a show a guy. Brayton's been testing show of stuff all year down in Australia. They've really figured out a setting that will work for Ken. And having that synergy all the way through the pit, two guys on a pretty – 
similar setup is is helping Ken out a lot, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And for Honda, this whole Showa thing is huge, too, because, I mean, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but Jeremy Martin's on Showa for East Coast, which is the first time he's had it, too. So it seems like Honda Showa really coming together to make a good, solid package right now. Yeah, Uh, nobody... It's funny you say that because on press day, on press day, you know that Kenny came in. Uh, we were standing right there by the start when they came across that up front of the start line on those turns. He must have come in three or four times during both of those press day uh, open riding they did, and was literally making little rebound mm-hmm. clicks, compression click. They were they were they were making quite a few suspension changes, not drastic changes, like I said clicker changes to get him settled in and then and then he seemed to be just dialed mm-hmm. and if you go to a lot like i almost go to every practice day like every media day yeah and if ken rides that's a pretty common thing he'll do a couple laps come in he really is a smart rider that takes advantage of those media sessions when he can do them because you can do as many laps as you want you know moto sandbox down in florida or at the honda test track in corona it's nothing similar like what they're going to face every weekend and you know Detroit, Indianapolis, Atlanta, yeah. Texas. It's all different, and he's he's wise to take advantage of those opportunities when he gets them. Um, the other big thing, too, that I think this is kind of a, a more of a TV production thing, the fact that they mentioned that we never really hear a lot of setup talk on the TV thing. We get the Kawasaki, like, Science of Supercross deal, but we never get, like, the nuts and bolts of what's going on. Um, Typically, we hear way more like emotion, personality-based stories. So that was cool to hear on the TV broadcast that they mentioned that because that is an integral part of what happens. Like yeah. If you watch other forms of racing like F1, MotoGP, that's all they talk about is technical stuff. They never talk about the emotion side of it. So that was cool to see that side and get it explained to people so, you know, black and white. Agreed. Yeah, they even mentioned him and Brayton like swapping shocks and stuff like that. So, yeah, I was pretty surprised to see and hear them mm-hmm. saying that on the broadcast. Yeah, I mean this that we've known that for years. This sport, yeah, the the, the fitness size, the the machinery, the, that kind of stuff, but I mean, I I think the biggest part of it is mental. I mean, you you've, you've got to go to that line knowing you're the guy and you're going to do it or it's I don't care what equipment or how good a shape you are, you're not going to do it. Mhm. All right, moving on. Uh second place Eli Tomac 223. Uh Eli's not the best starter, so these triple crown things typically tend to hurt him. So he mm-hmm. did have to make some runs through the pack, but man, those were great races between him and Kenny. Big battles all night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I mean, he had that. I think it was the last main he had uh, first lap after that quad in that corner. He had made a mistake and stood it up, almost came into the back of Osborne and kind of tipped over and then got going again. But he's again, that just goes back to putting yourself in the right places to not have that have you get back there in that pack or you don't get the start that's what that's what happens but even after that though like he had to been shuffled back to like 15th mm-hmm. or something and he was in like seventh place in two laps ripping through the woods yeah. he was just yeah. hammering the whoops yeah yeah uh big thing too you know he he took advantage of those red flag restarts because there was one of them where he was way back him and mm-hmm. ken both were buried in the pack and came through gate dropped again for the next one and was in a much better position. Uh, I think had that race went the whole way without a red flag, we see way different results on Saturday night. Agreed. I'm I'm gutted for Anderson. Yeah, yeah. poor yeah. guy. He finally got a good start and kind of ripped away. But uh, 
yeah. was on it. This he was on it too, though. Yeah, that last main we saw a little glimpse of of Olander. Even though he was a little, was a couple saying he was a little erratic, mm-hmm. hanging off the bike. Yeah, I mean, that's just. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. You could probably go to that guy after him, like, oh man, you remember that moment when you were on this? And he'd be like, what? What, what moment? What do you mean? You know, <laughs> They're like, all like that. It doesn't yeah. even phase him, you know. Yeah, uh, on the Eli thing. Seems like everything is going well. You know, he's in a great position four rounds in. You know, he's down eight points to Ken, but top ten results all the way through. And that's solid because at least through, historically speaking, Eli has one big knock against him and he's in a hole. So Mm -hmm. to be this well off four races in, this is going to make this last 13 rounds super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so then like you guys were saying, Anderson – Put it on Instagram earlier today. Only dude in the 450 class that's been top five through these opening rounds. Jason's a consistent dude. People don't really think that much about him. Sometimes they yeah. think that uh, they think that he's a little squirrely, and it, his riding style does look that way. But he knows how to be in the right spot at the right time. Uh, we're four races in, five three, five three scores. He's in it. Uh, and he looked good. Like you said, Chase, he had that chance for a win on Saturday night, and then Red Flag kind of put a damper on that. But he looked good all day, and those hard-packed tracks, it's like home race for him growing up in New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's it. Him getting on the podium overall like that, that's just going to build his confidence. And, you know, he, he let's face it, it looked like from day one into the opening round, he was not up to speed. He was not the old Anderson that we remember. He It's it's taken him a little while to get, you know, get that machine running, to get, you know, get them – get the momentum going forward for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really, Jason keeps to himself. Like, I tried getting some stuff out of him on how was your weekend, and he was ready to go. You know, a lot of family and friends and stuff like that that had come over for the race. But I can't think of, like, any, like, major mistakes or big issues that he had all week. I mean, I might be wrong because I was on the floor and I missed it, but did you guys see anything from where you were? No. 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 It, it just, his thing was, like I said, just the you know, the starts. A lot of guys were kind of stuck in that mid pack. Him, Malcolm, Brayton, you know, those guys that could be top guy were were just kind of in that you know fifth through tenth position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I mean, that's good on him. Uh, a big difference between him and teammate Dean Wilson, Dahmer. I think you saw this, and I put it in Kickstart a few weeks back. Him and Dean prefer a way different engine uh, characteristic. So he, Jason has the longer style FMF header, um, a little bit more low end pull. Dean likes it all high revs up top. So he has Mm -hmm. the shorter header, but Dahmer, like you and I were talking about, like we're almost getting back to those old school, like early four stroke low boy pipes. Yeah. We were noticing (laughs) that this weekend, like the, the, the Rocky mountain guys, that their exhaust is, I mean, my KTM, it just kind of comes and starts going up. Theirs is really starting to almost getting like to where the old 252 strokes look, you know, (laughs) They're just come mm-hmm. out and it's starting to go right before. I mean, they're really starting to change. You know, it, I mean, I mean, hey, you got to try, you got to try stuff, right? Yeah, and you know where that comes from. That comes from the GPS. Uh, when Hurlings came over and did that Ironman GP or the Ironman National a couple seasons ago and had that pipe. Yeah, he was the only guy at the Nationals that had it, and it sounds like that thing got left at KTM for a bit, <laughs> or some other guys took notice of it, and they're like, hey, let's let's mimic this because that Euro low rev riding style is really kind of starting to be a bigger influence in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, fourth place, Cooper Webb, Man. 854. Kind of a quiet night. Again, I'm on the floor, so I don't see everything that you guys see up there. 
But Coop was consistent. I couldn't think of any big like issues that he had through the night. Uh, I could be wrong, though. I mean, he was – it's just – it's odd to me to see him up front early and just dropping. Yeah, that one mm. main, he, he was in it and then kind of made some mistake. He got, he got passed by a couple people. Yeah. Didn't put up much of a fight, just kind of fell back in his like, okay, you know, I mean, hey, I guess you got, you know, the old, you got to pick your battles, you know, three mains. He was, maybe he was like, hey, you know, I'll wait till the next one. I mean, he was pretty good that last one, obviously. He was, he was yeah. more in the mix, but it didn't, it, it it's like he doesn't have, I haven't seen that Cooper Webb that we saw last year of yeah. just hanging it out, battling, going for it. He's, he's, he's kind of... I don't know. Like I said, he's just kind of in that like wait. It's almost like he's just waiting, waiting yeah. for Korg. But you better not wait too long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, was he fifth in points right now? Down twenty to Kenny. I mean, that's Ooh. a huge hole. And like yeah. we said, you know, there was a lot of time, but twenty points is big, especially when you have Ken Roxon, Tomac, Barsha, Anderson ahead of you. Ooh. Um, I've been hearing some like setup things, like maybe they went the wrong way last season, okay. or in the preseason coming into this year. And if that's the case, like that just shows you how these teams and these riders are always trying to find that extra little edge. And it might not always work because like largely this is the same bike as last year. And why would you not run the same thing? But that Mm -hmm. just shows you everybody's looking for that little 10th of a second or that little improvement here or there. Yeah. Even on our behind bars. I mean, they basically told us that it's triple clamps that are different this year. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just really odd to, to me to see him where he's where he's at right now mm-hmm. yeah i think everyone's searching for a lot of de- things trying to improve here and there to, to get a little more comfortable as it goes on i mean i was standing in the pits after the race i mean every rigs are pulling out and was talking with a uh, a suspension guy and one of the top guys came up to him and he happened to ask him hey how you know how, how was everything and he was and this i'm not going to say who they are <laughs> but they he was like oh no this week we're we're changing everything. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wow, you know? And even he was like, oh, okay. Like, yep, nope, we're going in a whole different direction this week. And I was like, wow, okay, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that says a lot about, like, this whole testing procedure. You know, it would be a damn shame to be a rider and you put hundreds and hundreds of laps into the practice track and you think everything's Gucci, everything's bitching, and then you get to fourth round and you're like, yep, never mind, all that was for nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you would also but like okay. Ken Roxon did the same thing last year, where him and Honda just struggled through those last nationals. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, a team and they'll do this. They'll just go, "Hey, you're you you don't need to change anything. Like this is what we know works." Moto Concepts does this. Tony Alessi knows we have a setup that works. I'll let you deviate from it for a bit, but if the results don't go the way you think they're going to go, we're going to bring you right back to the base setup that we know works. Yeah, and maybe more people need to do that. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean, you're 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 that level. You're a top ten guy in that 450 class, and you're going that fast through those sections. And the I mean, you need you need everything you can to be as comfortable as you can, or else it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, right. you can't blame them for searching for trying. If, yeah, if you're fourth place, you and you think you could be just that much quicker with a little click or something. Why why would you not try it? Mm-hmm. Uh, fifth place on the night, Justin Barsha. Uh, kind of quiet night. I didn't yeah. really think or see too too much of from him. Um, that early surge. I think Anaheim too was just like a big knock on his confidence. You know, they, yeah. the bike struggled in the whoops. He knew that was going to be an issue, but largely speaking, like him and Yamaha are starting to figure it out. He just needs to stay healthy and do what he can as these races keep going on. 
Yeah, his teammate, even Plessinger, he got up there in that last main was kind of a part of it, but he didn't last very long. But mm-hmm. Bro, have you watched the race again, Dahmer? Yeah, or yeah. Chase? Did, okay, did you, see why Plessinger, did you see why Plessinger lost the spot? No. He comes across like where they're switching back over the start straightaway, and he just hands his position over in one of the races. He couldn't pull a tear off and no. checked up enough that he like went to like basically just chopped the throttle, pulled the tear off to get it to go, and handed the spot away. Oh, and no. it's like, dude, I watched it yesterday, and I was like, no, you can't do this. Oh. And it's a bummer for Aaron because he's coming on. Yeah. And a lot of people have been knocking him right now like, oh, we expect so much, but I, he and I have some pretty open conversations at the end of each night. And he's like, look, dude, uh, everybody ahead of me and everybody in this pack, like 75% of them are past champions, and I am one too, but I'm just trying. Like, mm-hmm. I'm doing what I can. There was a lot of talk, too, of like him and Barsha. You know, Barsha's done all this talk about all the testing that he's done all season. Why does Aaron not run the same thing? And Aaron and I kind of talked a little bit. He's on an air fork. Uh, Barsha's on a spring fork. There's a lot of stuff that's mm. separate from each other. So it's not like what one wants to do is going to carry directly over to the other person's bike. Yeah. So we just kind of can't think that that's the case. Um, yeah, and you're dealing with two completely different riding com- styles. I mean, like, two completely different body stature, yeah. those guys. Two completely Everything. different riding styles. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Justin Brayton was good. Uh, JB was pretty happy with a sixth overall on the night, uh, which is good. You know, I expected him to be in the mix for race wins, but I expected a lot of guys to be in the mix for race wins, and it just didn't fall out that way on that track. Uh, but JB looked solid. Yeah, I mean, nothing nothing special there, nothing exciting. He was never really part of the race, Bart. He was kind of, like I said, sitting back there, just out, just inside the top ten there, and, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight, eight, seven, six scores to start the season. Uh, was that seven then points, which is good for JB. You know, yeah. he's getting up there in age, but he's really coming on. And I think that as the season progresses, we go to those East coast tracks that are more like what he rides on a daily basis, especially when he's in North Carolina, we could see him come on and, and be in the mix for some podium results soon. Yeah, I agree. Uh, going down the list, then Malcolm Stewart, seventh. Uh, Mookie had that crash in the whoops, got 14th in race two, and that was a big, big hampering result on his overall finish for the night because it could have been way better. Uh, But, yeah, Mookie Fever was good. He's still sore from that crash before St. Louis Supercross, but he's riding in the middle of the week now and and look quick in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, he'll he'll keep improving. Yeah. I think a big thing was just getting out of that stadium uninjured. Yeah. Because – that's a big mental hurdle that he had to get over, and then there was that big long section of whoops, and it was hard pack, and then he crashes into whoops. Yeah, yeah, he was over it. He was ready to go home at the end of the night. It's funny too because he was arguably probably one of the fastest guys in those whoops too. Oh yeah, he's and just he, trying to get. Oh through. yeah, just hammer it. <laughs> right, he had. I mean, I don't care who you are. He had to have had that in the back of his head. Like, I do not want to end up like last year in these whoops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he was on the. You know, he was on the top five of the qualifying sheets all day you know he was in the mix him and justin hill were you know up on the board that's the cool thing about qualifying is you can see where these guys are at any you know given point how close the pace is first through i think it was 12th place we're within a second and a half of each other in the 450 class and that just shows every little fraction of a second on line choice or throttle or whatever counts here man uh, uh what about our boy ac that was a slam that was hard that was a slam. 
man. Yeah, he, he he was just in all kinds of things. He he had that one tip over out of the, when he was leading in the in the, yeah. was it the second main. Yeah, leading. I think so. Yeah. And then he came out of the whoops and just kind of leaned it and tucked the front end and fell over. Nothing major, but yeah, that last one. Uh, he's lucky to walk with him. I mean, that's that. He, at first, I'm like, dude, he had to. He like he didn't break his tailbone, break dude, his pelvis. So hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went by the Monster Energy Cowie truck at the end of the night and was looking to see if Adam was there. And first time I went by, they said he was still in the mobile rig, uh, getting checked over by the medics. And anytime a rider does that, it's not very good. Uh-huh. But then later in the night, talked to Bruce Sternstrom, and he's like, "Oh yeah, he's okay. He's just a little beat up." So it sounds like AC is just going to rest through this week and just get ready for the next one. Uh, but that's that's the thing. Like he knew you have to be going through all of these races without issue. You have to line up every week. If you have a crash, don't let it be some catastrophic injury. Bounce back from it as quick as you can. And if he's going to have to race a little sore and beat up for a while, so be it. You got to be there. Yeah. You know, as for the slight little uh, tip overs and the little mistakes he was making. He was the only guy I saw like consistently hitting that quad into the corner. Yeah, and he's been doing some big stuff all year. Yeah. So, but uh, hopefully he goes to that CVAC. I think Don said he was uh he's getting some help there today possibly. So, hopefully he'll be all set get those uh mm-hmm. get those uh that back feeling better. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's yeah. he's out. I mean, he's 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 clearly obviously in the mix of this title for sure. I mean, to be honest with you, I was a little worried that AC would have already thrown it all the way by now, you mm-hmm. know. But he 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 looks like a veteran already. I mean, he he's he doesn't look like he's rattled by like the Tomax and the Roxons and these guys that fan. He looks like, hey, this is where I belong, and I can beat these guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. hey, dude, quickest in qualifying for another week. Yeah. Him and Ferrandis <laughs> have locked that top spot down. Yeah. That's unbelievable. <laughs> we never see that. You no. never see that at this mm-hmm. point in the year. And for the guys to be not just dominating during come main event and night show time. It's just, it's just very uh, peculiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had talked about this earlier before even Anaheim won. I mean, we had kind of said, Hey, I expect to see five or six different winners into these first five or six rounds. I mean, Mm -hmm. Kenny did it four rounds in, you know, I was surprised to be honest with you. If I didn't expect the first two time winner to be Kenny Roxon. Yeah. No. And I didn't expect the first time two fifty winner to be Fortner either. Yeah. Yeah, uh, especially in a triple crown. But, you know, I mean, that that's a, another thing I've been thinking about, how deep this field is right now. Uh, only 27 guys have scored championship points this season. That shows that, yeah, the field is really deep, but there is a top tier of dudes that are in this thing week in and week out. Um, going down the list, uh, Baggett struggled. I was a little bit surprised by that because he looked so tangy all day uh, in practice and then just kind of wrong place at the wrong time all through the night show especially considering he won this race last year. I wasn't the only person that thought he looked really, really good, but just things didn't shake out his way. Yeah, unfortunate. Um, And then Davalos. Oh, man. He's on the board again for a little bit. Dahmer, you watched a lot of those laps in person. What would you think? Yeah, he rode good that last main event. He looked solid. You know, he had the pace with those guys, you know. He, uh, you know, he'll continue to improve as long as it He had He had a Marty crash. Yeah, I was gonna say as long, as long as he can keep it on two wheels, you know, he he's he's clearly got the speed, he's got the experience, you know, you know he'll 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 he just gotta. Like I said, it was good for him to get that start and be up there and get get a little taste of what the top four fifty guys' pace is, mm-hmm. you know. 
yeah, the crash that he had was that long rhythm lane after the sand. And I mean, got lucky to land on his feet, but I like glimpsed up like out of the viewfinder of my camera and I just see like bars and pipes and oh. hay bales and dirt flying in the air. And I'm like, oh God, <laughs> here we go. Uh, but yeah, it's been good. It's been good for Martine. I think just steady progress as this goes on. Uh, Moto Concepts guys, Hill and Freeze had a rough day. I kind of expected both of those dudes to be in the mix for main events, but Freeze got kind of zapped on one of those poor starts like after a red flag and then hill just got pinballed around for another week um i think it's coming for hill you know he's been fast and everything like that but he's he's just still trying to figure out the pace uh you know he gets tight in one race then he gets too loose in the others and it is what it is but a top five finish i don't think is out of the question yet and then for freeze uh, kind of let down, and I think he is too. That he really thought this triple crown was going to be his chance to like stake a claim. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was one of the guys I thought for sure. I'm like, you know, because obviously he's a great starter, mm-hmm. you know, and the races are a little shorter. I'm like, this is the kind of race where you see a freeze, a Brayton, a Hill, somebody could yeah. pop off a main event win. You know, I mean, we saw it before with Osborne, you know, it's like somebody like that could just get that start, lay it down, and, and do it. But those guys, those two guys, it's funny. They're teammates, I think, and those guys always seem to end up like right 11, 12. Yeah, they're like so strange. Every time on the track, they're together. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. they're like a big Liat billboard going around the track. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, that shows that they're good. That that's a legit team, and good on yeah. Tony Alessi and Mike Genova and all those guys. That only three rider big team that's out there right now making every main event consistently. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, all three of those guys are in it. Well, up to, you know. I'm sorry. Rockstar Husky, too. Yeah. How could I forget? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of Husky, Dean Wilson and Freest got into it at one point. Dino is not happy. Uh, he basically just said, I got Freest in a couple <laughs> interviews, and he's bummed. You know, Dean had made a lot of progress and has been showing some speed and then just didn't have the day go his way. Uh, but... I think all things considered, and Dean will tell you this, he's just happy to be out there and making the progress that he's making week in and week out after being in a wheelchair in October and November. But at a certain point, he's going to have to get past that and just be like, okay, man, it's, it's time to go. It's time to get some results. And I think he's at that area right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, we got to get ready to start wrapping this up because i got a flight to catch, but we'll talk about a couple more things. Uh, A-Ray. LCQ was legit. <laughs> was it? I wanted to ask. Yeah, about we that. were like cheering and and everything for for freaking A Ray. We were going nuts. I think we were the only ones in the crowd just screaming for him when he won that LCQ. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's the best I've ever seen Alex ride. I mean, there was that one oh my god, oh my god moment where he got out of sorts in the big rhythm before the triple, but he reeled it back in. Uh, the whoops were a bit of a problem for for Alex, but. It was a good ride. I mean, the dude's really building week in and week out, and the beat Chad Reed's was good. Yeah, in uh, fact, remember that that race too? We were talking because he he was tripling out of that corner, and well, even though that one he left, I think was was it the last lap that he almost killed himself though? <laughs> he, he literally almost mm-hmm. killed. Him. He had to roll the triple, and we were like, "Oh no," you know? Yeah. But <laughs> but uh, no, he's 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 doing really good. I mean, that team's that team. I mean, we we know they've made some internal improvements. They've had some machinery changes on some parts and things. Uh, running the FMF exhaust now. I mean, I know that's really made him feel a lot more comfortable on the bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's cool to see a guy like we are all close with A-Ray, you know, and, and everybody's close with A-Ray. If you talk to him for five minutes, you feel like he's his best friend. But uh, it's cool to see a dude like that that's been working for so long make this progress. It's yeah. it's 
it's interesting and it shows like, dude, if you really research what you're doing and know what works, like you can improve week in and week out. Yeah, and, and even Saturday, I noticed when I said when he won the LCQ, he's he's on that he's in that cusp of se- separating himself from that B group. You know what I mean? He's like clearly an A group guy now. Mm-hmm. You know, solid A group guy. He his style is his is is really starting to take place where he's a you know he belongs there. You know. Hey, let's talk mm-hmm. about a uh, '60s yeah. Chris Blows. That guy has it's got to be like one of the toughest guys I've ever seen. Lacerated liver. Dude, I'm bummed for hip, Blows. Wrists and ribs, right? Yeah. Uh, he has to have surgery on his arm. All the oh. other stuff will heal up with time. But, like, dude, Blows just won that Supercross championship down in Australia as a 250 guy. And I, I was eager to see how this East Coast thing was going to go for him because he was going to be a top five dude. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't show on TV. But I mean, yeah. I mean, he slammed in. I mean, he came to a standstill, you know. <sighs> and even on, on, the, on, the, on the race, I mean, he was down for a long time. Man. A long, long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bummer for Belos, especially at home race. You know, he's a Phoenix boy, born and raised, mm-hmm. still lives there. Sucks because he had so much potential to go forward. Uh, so yeah, feel better, CB. Yeah, yeah. All those guys, um, all those guys that got taken out. Poor Bogle. I mean, Bogle yeah. had a rough go at it. You know, and that's the thing. Bogle's one of those guys that during I mean, that that media day and then during the early qualifying, he's one of those guys that you know, knocks out the quad or does some stuff. And you're like, Oh my God, he's on it. I I love him too. That guy, that guy on media press day, no one throws fatter whips. Oh, and the knacks. Yeah. He, he just gets it. I mean, it's awesome to see. Yeah. I was excited Mm -hmm. to see what he would do after watching Twan's, uh, press day video. Yeah. So bummer there. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, with those guys, that's, that's two dudes that are probably going to be out for a while. Uh, Bogle was napping for a bit. Blos has got a lot of injuries. He's going to have to recover from, so that opens up some, some spots on the starting gate, which is unfortunate. Same thing for Benny Bloss. It sounds like he might have to take a little bit of time after that big slam in, in practice. So, yeah, guys are starting to get hurt and starting to open up some spots in the in the running order. But that does leave some openings for new guys to come in. Uh, mm-hmm. Brock Tickle being one of them when Tampa comes around. Guys like Ryan Brees, Kyle Cunningham. I mean, there's a big pool of dudes that can fill in those other spots on the gate. Yeah, there was a lot of really fast guys that um, ended up not right, hey boys. that night program. Yeah. Yeah, and I that triple crown thing, like that's what we talked about, Dahmer. There was a lot of guys that were missing. You know, the entry list was only like 49, 46 per class. But like, would you make that drive all the way out there if you think I'm only going to pay 200-something dollars to ride practice? Yeah, yeah no, no, no. Yeah, and no. shout out real quick. AC had, AC had pass of the night on Cooper Webb. I don't know if you saw that. He made oh, him on the yeah. start straight, yeah. coming into the finish line. He he sized him up and undercut and just made the ultimate no touched pass. Yep, I've seen that it. Was it was so, so good, perfect. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, all right, hey boys. Sorry to cut this short, but if I'm gonna make this flight, I gotta get off the phone now. <laughs> so, hey everybody, thanks for listening to the 60 Helmets Kickstart Kickstart Podcast from the Glendale Supercross. Check back later in this week. We'll have plenty more to talk about. Talk to you soon. In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2U are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. 
Visit 60helmets.com for more info.